you already know the end of the story. I was eventually called to be a pastor here at First Presbyterian Church. But hindsight and spiritual discernment is always 2020 when you're looking backward. But looking forward, it is fuzzy and out of focus. We had a significant decision yet to be made. Here's where we left off with the story. After all the travel woes that led me to arrive in Southwest Florida for my interview two hours late, I had a great time with the committee, the committee that was overseeing my interview process. Then the chair of the committee dropped me off at the airport and he left me with these incredibly graceful words. He said, Brad, in a couple of weeks, we're either gonna call and say, we loved you and we're gonna go a different direction or we're gonna call and say, we loved you and we'd like to have a more conversation. So I went back home with this incredible peace that surpassed all understanding and I waited. A couple of weeks later, it was a Sunday afternoon, my wife and I were driving in the car together and my phone started buzzing. And I looked at the caller ID and it said the chair of the nominating committee. And I looked at Lauren, I said, it's the chair of the committee. And she said, well, you better answer it. So I answered the call. And on the other line was the chair of the committee who said, Brad, I'm sitting here with the entire committee. Are you by chance with Lauren? And I said, I sure am. He said, why don't you go ahead and put her on speakerphone? So I put her on speakerphone and he said, we have made a decision and we want you to be the next associate pastor of First Presbyterian Church. And then he closed with these words, the ball is in your court. It would have been a lot easier to discern what God was calling us to do if the decision was made for us. But so often in life, we've got to make the decision for ourselves. We had to make the difficult decision as to what we were going to do with the call that was offered to us. And it was a significant one for us. At that point in our lives, we were living in Northern Illinois. My family was about 20 minutes away. And the home that I grew up in was the same home that my family was living in. My wife's family was about 60 minutes away. And the home that she grew up in was the home that they were still living in. And on Fridays during this phase of our life, we would often go to my parents' house for like a pizza party with my sister and brother-in-law, my mom and my dad, and our kids would play with their cousins. And then on Saturdays, we'd often go into the suburbs and spend time with Lauren's family. So a decision to move to Southwest Florida meant leaving behind our home of origin, our community of origin, and our family of origin. Well, the committee knew that this would be a difficult decision for us to make. So no less than three different times during the interview process, they asked the question, Brad, would you consider relocating your family away from your family to Southwest Florida? And every time that question was asked, I couldn't help but remember an ancient story. This story would be one of the ways in which I would learn to discern what God was calling us to do. Throughout this series, we have been looking at spiritual discernment, how it is that we can discern what God is calling us to do and to be in the world. In the very first episode, we established that Every decision we make is a decision based on faith because we have limited knowledge about 
what decisions we're going to make. And therefore, every decision is a faith decision. And we establish a, a solid foundation that spiritual discernment is distinguishable from human discernment because whereas human discernment is relying on our own limited human knowledge, spiritual discernment leans into the very wisdom of God. And the only way to gain access to the wisdom of God is through relationship with Jesus Christ, through whom we have access to the Holy Spirit, which is God's wisdom imparted to us. Then in episode two, I gave to you the first of the four instruments that help us to discern what God is calling us to do and to be. We entitled that episode, An Open-Handed Peace. Oftentimes, when God is calling us to do or to be about something new, he does so and he gives to us this peace that surpasses all understanding that's independent of circumstances in life. And he enables us to hold on to the decision with open hands, such that we are indifferent to anything other than the will of God in our life. And it leads to the sense of what some have called consolation, a stronger connection with God, with our community, those around us, and even with our most authentic self. In this episode, we're going to look at Revelation. Now, by Revelation, I don't mean that specific book in the New Testament that some have found to be really complex and confusing. By Revelation, I mean that as we are discerning spiritually, we can look at how God has revealed himself in the past to help us to discern what God is calling us to in the future. And God has indeed revealed himself to us. We see God has revealed himself to us through the fingerprint that is all over creation. When we look at the majestic mountains or the serenity of the sea through the miracle of childbirth or the human body and all its complexity and its ability to heal itself, we see that the very fingerprint of God is on everything that God has made. But God hasn't just revealed himself to us in general terms. God revealed himself to us personally. One of the things that distinguishes Christianity from every other world religion is this. It's been said that every human religion is about humanity's search for God. We use our philosophical reasoning, our logical reasoning, our intellect to try to make decisions about what we believe God to be like. But the problem is we already established in episode one that our own human reasoning and logic and knowledge is limited. So how could we ever come to know and understand who God is? But Christianity isn't under the conviction that we have to figure out who God is. Rather, as Christians, we believe that God has revealed himself to us. And the means by which he did that was Jesus Christ. In fact, Christianity is a religion that says God is in search of us. This is actually a pervasive theme throughout the scriptures. It goes all the way back to the Garden of Eden. If you remember back in the garden, Adam and Eve were given just this one prohibition. Don't eat from the tree in the center of the garden, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And in that time, Adam and Eve decided to go against what God's will was for them. And they decided to eat of the fruit of the tree. 
And in doing so, their eyes were opened and they became aware that they were naked and they hid from God. And in one of the most heartbreaking places in all of the scriptures, we see in Genesis chapter 3, verse 8, that God walked through the garden in the cool of the day, calling out to his lost creation, where are you? God was already in search for his people. The culmination of that story is that God already had a plan for how he was going to find us. The culmination of that story was that Jesus himself, God incarnate, became one of us in the form of a baby. He came and lived and walked among his people again like he did in the garden. And he offered his life as a sacrifice for our sins in order to restore us into relationship with God. This was God's ultimate revelation to us. God in search of us. So while every other world religion is humanity's search for God, Christianity is God's search for us. Jesus said, the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. So we don't have to try to figure out what God's like. God has revealed himself to us. And we could never do it anyway. In fact, that's why Christianity is the only worldview that really makes sense to me. Because I know that as a limited, finite human being, I could never come to understand an infinite, all-powerful, eternal God. If I could, that God would be too small. So God had to reveal himself to us in Jesus Christ. And the scriptures are insistent that Jesus Christ is the image of the invisible God, that God placed his fullness in Christ. And through Christ, we can come to know God. Now I know, all of this seems a little bit philosophical and abstract. But here's why it's important, and here's why it's important for spiritual discernment. It's important because of this. As Christians, we also believe that God is immutable. In other words, God does not change. We see this idea reflected in the scriptures in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 8, which says that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, as the revelation of God, is consistent. Now, this actually helps us to develop trust in God, because as human beings, the way that we develop trust is through a person's consistency over time. We come to understand them as being dependable, of having integrity, of doing what they say they're going to do and when they're going to do it. And when, over time, a person acts like this towards us, we grow to trust them. Jesus Christ being the same yesterday, today, and forever means that we can place our trust in him. That who God reveals himself to be is going to be consistent not only in the time of Christ, but for us today. So the revelation of God is consistent over time. And what's more, we can trust that what God's will for us is going to be good. Going back to the story of the Garden of Eden, one of the unique parts of that story is that Adam and Eve, as they looked at the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, said, this looks good to eat. Up until that place in the scriptures, it was only God who was defining what was good. 
humanity's fall from God's grace came when we decided that we knew what was best for ourselves and decided to follow our own ways as though we could define what was good for our lives. And in doing this, they became self-deceived. As a pastor, I've spent a lot of time with people in my office who are discerning major life situations. And people often come into my office and they have a way of discerning things that candidly is just contrary to the way that God has revealed himself in the past. For instance, they'll say things like, well, I'm convinced that God wants me to be happy and this would make me happy and therefore God wants me to do this. Now, on the surface, this seems like some logical thinking, doesn't it? But it has some assumptions in it that we know what's best for ourselves or what's going to make us happy. And in doing this, we actually become a lot like Adam and Eve, defining what's right for us. I've also had people in my office who say things like, yeah, I know God has revealed these things. And a long time ago, people thought that this was right and this was wrong. But aren't we a little bit more enlightened than that? C.S. Lewis, by the way, referred to this as chronological snobbery of assuming that we're more enlightened today than people were behind us. The problem with this line of thinking is that God is the same yesterday, today, and always. So we can count on God's revelation to be consistent, not only in the past, but for us in the future. Which means that when we're discerning major life decisions, what we discern ought to be congruent with what God has already revealed to us. So how do we know? How do we know what God has revealed to us? Well, the scriptures are the unique and authoritative word of God for our lives. They reveal to us the life of Jesus, the plan of God for salvation throughout all time. And they, like Christ, are the same yesterday, today, and forever. They are one of the ways in which God has revealed himself to us and consistent over time. And therefore, if we are discerning something that is incongruent with the scriptures, we know that it's not God's will for us. The scriptures say, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is God-breathed. In other words, all scripture is inspired by the very Spirit of God, and therefore, we can count on it to be part of God's good revelation to us. So whatever we are discerning has to be congruent with the life, ministry, and teaching of Jesus Christ. And it has to be congruent with what the scriptures have revealed to us that God has declared is good. So let's go back one more time to that story of God's call on our lives to come to Southwest Florida. To make that decision, to come to Southwest Florida, we would have to leave behind our community of origin, our family of origin, and the place of our origin. Every time the committee asked us, would you be willing to relocate your family from northern Illinois to southwest Florida, a single ancient story came to mind. That story was the story of Abraham. I want you to listen to me to the words of chapter 12 of the book of Genesis. Then the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people, and your father's household to the land I will show you. 
In this passage, we see that Abraham had a really similar call on his life to the one that we had. He had to leave behind his family of origin, his community, and his place of origin. In the New Testament, this came to be understood as a way in which Abraham was living by faith. So as God would bring to me this single story from the scriptures, it became apparent that God was leading me through the word that he'd revealed previously to understand my present context in light of that story. So how do you know what the scriptures are leading you to believe into? In most of the situations in life, it may not be that easy. For example, if you're looking to buy a house and you're considering a conventional mortgage or an FHA mortgage, you're not going to be able to turn to the concordance and the scriptures and look up mortgages and find advice for how to deal with that. Or if you're discerning a move from Cleveland, Ohio to Southwest Florida, you're not going to be able to look up either of those two cities. So how do you know what God's calling you to do? John Calvin, a reformer, in the church in the 16th century referred to the scriptures as like a pair of glasses. Looking at God for us is always blurry. Trying to come to know God, we just don't see God clearly. But through the scriptures, like a pair of glasses, God makes our vision 20-20. And what's more, Calvin goes on to say, he says, the only way to know anything about ourselves is to know God. And then we know who we're supposed to be. And as we come to know God better through the scriptures and we come to understand ourselves more, we see what God's will is for us. And then the word of God says it becomes like a lamp unto our feet. When we use the scriptures as a lens to discern what God has called people to do in the past and then come to see ourselves in light of it, we gain a better understanding of what God might be calling us to do. The way that we do this is really important because we don't use the scriptures as like a magic eight ball, right? Where we're looking for a specific question there, but rather we come to read them as a whole and ask God to lead us through them. Those of you who've read the scriptures every morning or every evening for any period of time have come to see how God will often take what you've read in the morning and apply it in a specific way in your life. Through that, we begin to see our world through the lens of Scripture and actually helps us gain understanding of our times. That's the way we must use the Scriptures in our lives, as a lens to understand God more, to understand what God has revealed in the past, in order that we might discern what God's good and consistent will is in the future. The revelation of God helps us see how God has worked in the past and helps us discern where God is calling us in the future. And anything we discern must be consistent with what has already been revealed. The revelation of God, Jesus Christ, the Holy Scriptures, are another instrument by which we learn to listen for the will of God in our lives. Well, in the next episode, we're going to look at another spirit-inspired group of people this time. God's people are another place where God's spirit is living with us in the world. And as such, the people in our lives, the mentors, the coaches, our family members, the pastors in the church, people become a vehicle by means of which we can listen for God's leading in our life. So between this episode and the next episode, 
I want you to be thinking about those people in your life who have a solid Christian faith, who you've come to rely on for good judgment and good wisdom and good discernment. Until that episode, God loves you, and so do I.